Welcome to another episode of Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton, and in today's episode, we are going to be talking to Jacksonville.com, Florida Times Union writer, Demetrius Harvey. What's going on, man? Nothing much. Uh, I haven't got my hair cut in a while, so that's why it's all messed up. But uh, other than that, I'm doing all right. Well, man, hey, they'll, they'll be all right. You, you'll, you'll survive, man. You're going to survive, man. Go ahead and be a little <laughs> struggle a little, for a little bit. bit. You'll be all right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely going to be talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are currently the reigning AFC South champions. Going to talk about the, the additions, uh, the growth, uh, just the, the different uh, – know camp goings on that are probably happening uh, as well so it's going to be interesting and fun talking about that we're going to get into that in a second but uh, first we always do the get off your chest segment now it can be about sports it can be about football basketball wherever but this one yeah we're definitely keeping it football but we're going to keep it college football this time now you see players getting suspended or dismissed from teams and things like that you, you, that's you know, unfortunately, that's a normal part of reality of college football, you know, the transfer portal as well. But recently I came across something that really kind of threw me off. It's a player at Clemson. His name is TJ Dudley. Now, he got dismissed from the team, but you have to hear what he reportedly got dismissed for. He reportedly got dismissed for selling pictures of his teammates on OnlyFans. Yes, you heard that correctly. Selling pictures of his teammates on OnlyFans. Now, I looked around and I'm hoping that this is false. I'm hoping that it's some kind of hoax or something. I'm hoping it is. But looking around, it doesn't quite look that way. So if it's wrong and it, it, it finds out that he did not do that, then hey, you know, it was a it was a false report, but looking around, it looks like it could be real. First thing I have yeah. to ask is why? Why would you do that? What is the purpose of that? Come on, man. Secondly, you can't be trusted in a locker room ever again. You cannot have a phone in a locker room ever again. I, I no. And if you do transfer somewhere, that probably has to be somewhere in in the rules for you. Because no, you just you just violated the sanctum of the locker room by basically catching people at their vulnerable moment, vulnerable moments. I can actually speak to that, but that just rubbed me the wrong way when I saw that. And I was like, no, man, you can't be doing that. You know, like I said, it's reportedly I hope it's false, but it doesn't quite look like that's false. And. I just got to shake my head about that one. I mean, Demetrius, do you have any thoughts on that one? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm laughing, but it's not, it's not funny. It's like a, it's just a crazy situation. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine as a football player, as a teammate of his, you know, what they're thinking right now. Like, is my picture on only? Like, what pictures are on only? Like, if that actually did occur. So, uh, yeah, no, that guy's exiled. If, if that, if that happened, that guy's exiled from every every football team. It doesn't matter. D one, D two, D three. To me, um, I couldn't, in good conscience, as a coach, you know, allow that person to be on my team. I mean, it just is what it is. So, if that's the case, then yeah, he's he's done. Yeah, it's it's a it sounds like a mess. I mean, he may yeah. be a talented player, but he wasn't necessarily thinking this one all the way through. Mm -mm. No, nah. nah. 
that's this episode's get it off your chest segment uh and of course we got to move forward now to talk about the champions of the afc south the reigning champions sounds 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 a little wild to say that doesn't it demetrius sounds weird it sounds weird you haven't heard that since 17 then before that i i don't even remember so you know it's uh, (laughs) a It's uh, it's strange. I think that uh, a lot of people kind of never had this expectation uh, until Trevor Lawrence came about. But you know, it, it, it's crazy to think that they're here now, and then that it is what it is. What what happened last season? Right, right. And then you know, it's just amazing the run they went on. I mean, you win six of your last seven games to make the playoffs. Meanwhile, the team that was ahead of you loses seven, eight straight games to miss the playoffs, which is like, you know, it's just wild. It's just something you don't expect. It's almost like lottery, lottery, winning the lottery. You don't necessarily expect it, even though you play because it's, you know, it's, you know, like mega, mega billion, mega millions now. It's like what? 1.5 billion. You play, you expect to win, but you playing to win. It just kind of that awkward situation. And you're like, Oh wow, we're here. We won, you know, that type of thing. But Mm -hmm. Oh, the Jacksonville Jaguars expected to win, though. So, you know, I'm not going to, you know, say they were, they were the lottery winners or any of that nature. But <laughs> one, thing, one thing they did win in, though, is actually selecting Trevor Lawrence. Uh, that was the lottery ticket that they did win. And he showed up for them at the end of the season. Of course, uh, you know, the last seven games of the season, I mean, 12 touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, and they finished 6-1 down the stretch to make the playoffs. So, uh, question for you is how is he kind of looking going from that kind of year two to year three so far? Yeah, so far so good. I mean, it's kind of funny because I've done a couple of different radio shows and everything and uh, people talk to me or ask me about Trevor and, and honestly, I have nothing, not, there's nothing to say because what he showed last year, you know, is pretty much the player that he is this year, just, you know, maybe a little bit more elevated, the leadership skills. Um, maybe he's trying to fight, uh, fit things into tighter windows and make sure he gets the chemistry with Calvin Ridley. I mean, there's like different things that he's sort of working on where, I mean, Trevor's the least of this team's worries. And that's crazy to say because in years past, the quarterback position for the Jaguars was a revolving door. There was a year where Gardner Minshew started, Jake Luton started. No one, I'm sure no one knows who that even is. Um, You know, uh, Mike Glennon started for the Jaguars during that 2020 season. So, you know, there's been a lot of uh, quarterbacks that have come through this town and, and, and sort of have made their way out within a few years. Nick Foles on a huge contract was out within a year. Um, you know, so there's there's situations like that where you think, wow, the Jaguars actually do have a guy who you don't have to talk about and say, well, you know, as long as the quarterback is good this year, maybe they'll have something. No, the quarterback is good. And so now you just keep going. And as long as the rest of the team is good, maybe they'll have something. So, yeah, so far, so good for Trevor. You know, I, I think that there's nothing but good things to say about him. Um, you know, he's, he's thrown a couple of interceptions in, in practice, but again, I think some of that is him just trying to fit things into tighter windows. Um, you know, obviously they're not scheming up against the defense. They're kind of just going running their plays against their own defense. So, um, yeah, so far so good. Yeah, definitely, uh, brighter days than the, than his rookie season. And boy, yeah. we're not going to, we're not going to, we're not going to dive into the rookie season. You know, that's a lot going on there. Uh, but what do you kind of look for him in terms of, uh, you know, year three and, and, you know, in terms of his growth and then also the growth of the relationship between him and uh, Doug Peterson. Yeah, I think I think that's a good question, because, you know, now that he's here, what do you expect more? I mean, I think that 
you know, first of all, starting fast. Uh, last year, he struggled with that. So did the whole team, but he particularly struggled with starting fast. You would you would see him kind of get off to a slow start the first couple drives, and then sort slowly start to kick in by by the third quarter. He was rolling, but you know you got to have that in the first and second quarter, and that's sort of why they were losing a lot of these games uh, that were very close because he was able to come on late, but it was too late. You know, he had already made too many mistakes, or the offense had already made too many mistakes uh, in the past. So you know, I think right now is just starting fast. You want to see him sort of be more controlled. You want to see him take over the team in terms of uh, that leadership. You want to be able to see him uh, take take the reins. And I think right now, um, you know, Christian Kirk said it best: the, the the light switches on with him. And so, you know, that that's sort of what you're dealing with. And and the same goes for him and, and the relationship with Doug Peterson. I think, you know, a a year of playing and coaching together. Um, you would think that that would just expand what what your relationship is like. You know, you you Doug as a as a coach understands and has learned Trevor. Um, you know, throughout this season, you know, last year he was kind of playing, you know, catch up. He had to figure out what happened last year. He had to figure out what his deficiencies were, you know, during training camp last year. He had to figure out what his deficiencies were during the first couple weeks of the season, figure out what plays he could actually call with him. Now, I don't, I don't think any of that is a question. Um, I think now all they have to do is keep pushing and keep installing new things and keep, um, you know, that, that relationship growing. But yeah, he's, you know, obviously Doug is a, is a, is a quarterback's coach. He's former quarterback. He's a offensive guy. And, and I think that's the best case scenario for Trevor early on in his career. Yeah. It'll be interesting just to see the growth, uh, you know, and mm-hmm. of course everyone's saying he's the best quarterback in the AFC South right now. So, you know, we'll see, yeah. we'll see what happens and, and, you know, and, and how he handles those expectations, not only for him, but the team this year. Now, of course, he is throwing the ball to a brand new target. That would be Mr. Calvin Ridley. And of course, you know, he had a little bit of a toe injury. I believe it was a cleat issue that he was having going on with his cleats. So how is that kind of uh, shaping up for him now? Now that he's, I guess, switched cleats. Yeah, it, it was funny. Um, Doug sort of talked to us yesterday before practice said, yeah, you know, he's dealing with the toe injury, kind of toe soreness, nothing major. Um, and then after practice, Jags kind of told some members of the media, hey, actually, it was a cleat issue. It wasn't a toe. He just got a little sore because of his uh, cleat. And then today, um, you know, he said, you know, he was he was running in some some short or some longer cleats during the offseason. It was fine. He wanted to switch over to some shorter ones, um, you know, during training camp. And that was the issue. So apparently like his it wasn't even really his toe it was more the bottom of his foot. And sort of, you know, that 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 was the case. But, you know, now everything's all good. Calvin really is, is Calvin, Calvin Ridley. So um, over the past few weeks or a couple weeks, it's been crazy to, to watch him. I mean, I personally never seen a Jaguar receiver who looked this good in training camp. And, and, and that that's in terms of his route running ability. And and you have to remember, you know, Christian Kirk is still on the team. He's a great route runner, too. Um, Jamal Agnew is a fantastic route runner only in year four, basically, of his wide receiver um, tenure. Uh, but but Calvin Ridley is just a different level, and, and I think that that's something that the Jags offense um, didn't really have last year in terms of being able to have a guy that can play, be a great route runner, but also you know a guy that can beat you deep and a guy that can uh, you know catch catch the back shoulders, a, a guy that can be a red zone threat. They didn't have that one guy packaged into uh, just one player. You know they had several guys that could do different things. So I think this is going to be you know I- interesting to see. You know a year and a half off basically for him. Um, how he comes back, how he sort of gels with Trevor, how he de- gels with this offense. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see, but so far it seems like it's going well. 
Yeah, definitely a, another weapon for an already loaded offense. And, you know, what things are, uh, you know, I have to ask, you know, mm-hmm. with him being there, um, what does it kind of mean to that offense in terms of the explosive nature? Because to me, I look at the weapons they have. You have an Evan Ingram. You have a Christian Kirk. You have Zay Jones, a.k.a. Bruce Leroy. Now you have Calvin Ridley, and then you got Etienne at, at at tailback. I mean, looking at that, you have an explosive offense. I mean, it wouldn't shock me if they put up, what, almost 30 points a game. It would not shock me. Is that kind of potentially the, the, the lethal ex, you know, expectation that they may, that some may have for them? They have that expectation. So, the you know, Doug has told us, you know, they scored around 23 points per game last year. They want to get up seven more points. So they want to get to your 30 point per game. And I think that that's sort of the expectation they have. Obviously, 30 points per game. I haven't looked it up, but that's got to be some sort of record. I doubt they'll get to there. Um, but but yeah, they they agree their 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 expectations and all of our expectations are for this to be one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL, and I think that's fine to expect. You know, last year they were ranked tenth. It's not like they were a bad offense last year. They were a good offense for for most of the season, especially late. Um, so yeah, you know, adding a guy like Ridley to go along with you know Travis Etienne, uh, Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Jamal Agnew, who I mentioned before. I mean, those all all five or six of those guys have, you know, major impact. And if you put them on almost any other team, you know, they're going to be make, like playing some snaps. So, yeah, you know, this is an offense who that it really, you know, everybody talks about Trevor. Everybody talks about the receivers, even tight end. But, you know, everyone always seems to forget about ETN, who, you know, he was one of the most sensational ACC runners in, in history. Um and then at, at, at Clemson. So, you know, it, it's a situation where it's like, wow, I mean, where are, where's the weakness? Um, you know, we'll find out offensive line, whatever it may be. But um, right now, as far as weapons goes, I mean, I would put them up against almost anybody in the league. I hear you there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's, it's amazing to think where they came from a couple years ago, but yeah. <laughs> we're going to talk about, uh, you know, we talked about offense, but we're going to talk about defense. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick commercial break on touring the NC South with your host, Mike Pat. A shift. A shift is something that happens and changes the dynamics. And that's what happened when Garrett Logistics was born. After 10 years as a sales pro in the logistics world of sporting goods, John Garrett decided to pivot to the world of freight and start a brokerage. So you're saying to yourself, why trust Garrett Logistics. Well, Garrett Logistics helps shippers improve overall workflow along with increased on-time pickup and delivery percentages. Last-minute loads, multi-drop pickups, and more are part of the services with Garrett Logistics. They're available Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturday, 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. All times Central Standard Time. So give them a ring at 615-400-8484. That's 615 615- Four zero zero eight four eight four, or you can email them at john at garrettlogistics.co or visit their website at garrettlogistics.co. Garrett Logistics, where the motto is, it's not just great to us, it's your business. All right, and we are back on touring the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. We talked about the offense, you know, Trevor Lawrence, Calvin Ridley, the explosion that can be there when it comes to the Jacksonville Jaguars offense. But you do need the other side of the ball, which would be that Jacksonville defense. Now, they did add a few pieces last year, uh, mainly Mr. Olaquan in the middle, leading the NFL in tackles. Uh, But 
this year they're expected uh well there's a couple other guys that are expected to potentially lead you know be to the, be to the forefront of this team mm-hmm. one of those guys that's actually been on the team for a while that'd be mr josh allen no not josh allen the quarterback for the buffalo bills we're talking about the outside linebacker for the jacksonville jaguars now his first year his rookie season he had a great rookie season, 10 and a half mm-hmm. sacks, but he has never reached double-digit sacks since then. Going into this year, I believe he had like, what, two and a half or I don't know how many he had last year, but it just was bad. It wasn't mm-hmm. – or seven. Was it seven or two and a half? I can't remember. It, it, but, it, it, it was seven. It was seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the year before I think he had two and a half. But uh, yeah. it just, to me, I, I think this is a huge year for him because it's his fifth year. You know, they they have to pay him after this or decide to pay him. So it would behoove him to have a big year. So do you do you kind of think he's, uh, you know, how do you think he's kind of approaching camp so far in terms of how's he, how he's looking out there? Yeah, you know, uh, just to go back a little bit, it's kind of crazy to think about, you know, his rookie season, 10 and a half sacks, um, and then you, how you introduced him, you know, the other Josh Allen. Uh, people around in Jacksonville used to call this Josh Allen the good Josh Allen because, remember, you know, uh, Buffalo's Josh Allen wasn't having a great start to his career. Uh, but, you know, the roles have kind of reversed, you know, not to say that this Josh Allen is bad now, but the expectations were so high. You know, that this guy's supposed to come in, get double-digit sacks every year, lead the team in pressures, which he has done to his credit. Um, you know, he, he he hasn't done the double-digit sacks, but he's done pr- pretty well at pressures. And, you know, this year, absolutely, it's his final season, uh, potentially in Jacksonville. I do know that if um, even if he, you know, say he gets eight sacks this year, the Jags want to move on, um, he's going to get a great contract from somebody just because of his potential, his athleticism, what he brings to the table as a run defender, disruptor, and as a pass rusher in, in, in most cases – um, he's going to do a, a, a really good job on the open market. But, you know, just getting back to this year, his mindset, and and he hasn't really said it, but you can kind of see on the field how he's how is he approaching it. You know, he took the offseason off in terms of he didn't come to the voluntary portion of the offseason, came to all the mandatory stuff, came to training camp, has not had a dispute about his contract. He's just here to prove to not only himself, but probably the rest of the league that he's here to play. Um, and you can see that during training camp so far the last couple of weeks, he's been impressive um, in terms of his uh, burst. I feel like he's been the, one of the most dominant players on the field for for their defense. You know, um, I'm sure we'll talk about Tyson Campbell later, but, you know, Josh has been fantastic in terms of uh, his pass rush and everything like that. And I think that what they need now is sort of uh, to have that one two punch when when it was his rookie season. Remember, he had Unique and Gakwe coming off the other edge. He had Calais Campbell inside. Uh, you know, he, he had players around him that could make him better and make it, make it easier on him to get sacks. You know, now that he doesn't have that, um, he wasn't able to take that second step yet. But, you know, this year is, is his final year, and I think that he, he has a really good opportunity to do it this season. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, and it's going to be uh, unique to see, you know, how he's able to do uh, this year. Of course, like you said, he's being silent. He's just going out there and playing. He knows the contract. He knows the things that are on the line. He's just trying to mm-hmm. put his best foot forward, which definitely somebody's going to pay him. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. I'm not crazy enough to think nobody's going to pay him, but you know, it's just you know, for him, it would it would be best for him to have one of his best years in the NFL right now, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you mentioned uh, you know him just going up there and doing his job and things like that. The leadership portion now, 
I've heard people speak about him being potentially a leader or being a leader of this team. Um, has that kind of is that still the same level or is it more kind of a focus on what he needs to do uh, right now? Honestly, um, this has been Josh uh, all his career. He's always been very good about talking about other players rather than himself. He's not a guy who's going to talk about himself. If you ask him a question about himself, he'll he'll just give you very canned answers. You ask him a question about a practice squad tight end, he'll give you a long soliloquy or a long monologue. You know, it's just he's the, that's the type of person he is. So I think his leadership, it's not very much a um, in-your-face, raw-raw type of leadership. It's more of like a silent, you know, lead by example, but also, you know, pump up his teammates when he needs to. Um, a good example of that was the other day we got him on the podium and, and we asked him about Caleb on Chason, who's another guy that they're expecting or they need to, you know, take that next step. He hasn't been able to thus far. And he's talked about how Caleb on is taking that sort of leadership role for the younger players um, just to show how far he's gone and, 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 and gotten. And now Josh is thinking, you know, he's going to be the, the next pass rusher for this team, Caleb Von Chason. You know, he, he's a guy that can come in and be that third pass rusher off the bench. So, um, you know, yeah, he, he's done a great job at, at the at the leadership stuff. I think that that's one thing that um, the Jaguars love about him. They love that he loves football. They love that he's good, but they also love what he can bring to the locker room. So, you know, on, on that aspect, absolutely, he's, he's got an A-plus. All right, I hear you there. Another guy that's bringing an A-plus is Tyson Campbell. Now, hmm. when he was drafted – People thought about him and, you know, they didn't really think of, you know, Tyson Campbell and Star Corner at the same, in, you know, mm-hmm. the same sentence. But now he is the, uh, he is the corner there. He is the star corner there. You know, Mr. Griffin was supposed to be that guy or thought was, was thought to be that guy, but it just didn't pan out. Now everyone's wondering who's going to line up opposite of Tyson Campbell. But for now, we're just going to stick on Tyson. Um, he is the number one corner uh, and it happened over time. How, do you think he has looked so far in this year's camp? He's he's looked like the best defender on the team. I mean, I, I talked about Josh and and uh, you know, aside from from um, aside from Josh and and aside from Campbell, you know, both the players could be thought of as the best player on on, on defense right now. Um, you know, he's coming and it looks like he's focused and it looks like he can lock down anybody. He's got he's had some great battles with Calvin Ridley um, lately and and you can tell how much Calvin respects him too. He, he even said earlier today that uh, he only he only wants to go up against Tyson Campbell in, in training camp because he knows how good of a player he is. Um, Tyson gave Ridley similar praise yesterday where he was saying, you know, it, it makes him better. It's going to make his season so much easier to have to go against Calvin Ridley every day in practice. Um, and yeah, you can see it. You know, he, he, he won reps against Calvin. Calvin won a couple reps against Tyson. That's that back and forth you want to see from guys who are supposed to be the best at their position on the team. So right now, yeah, Tyson, you know, he was a top 10 corner last year in the NFL, according to a bunch of metrics. Um, I don't think he got the sort of recognition that he deserves, but that's that's playing in Jacksonville. That's playing for a team that's still on the rise. Um, that's playing with the defense that wasn't necessarily amazing last year. So, you know, I think this year it's going to be a little bit different story. I think a lot of more eyes are going to be on Tyson Campbell. A lot more attention is going to be hitting his way, and he's sort of embraced it. That's uh, that's his mindset. He wants to be the best um, defender in the league. He wants to be the best corner in the league. And, um, you know, I, I think he, he's on his way to becoming one of those players who you think, oh, boy, you know, you got to just throw away from him and, and go and go to the other side. Now, you know, we did talk about Tyson Campbell. 
Well, we do have to talk about the other side. You know, I just wanted to start it off with Tyson Campbell, you know, keep it on the positive. But the other mm-hmm. side, it's a lot of questions going on mm-hmm. out there. You know, you drafted a couple guys, I believe a guy from Rutgers as well. You still have mm-hmm. uh, Williams from uh, from the from the Rams as well, but he's more of a slot mm-hmm. guy. So right now, I mean, who's in the mix for that position opposite him? I mean, there's a lot of people that nobody know of knows of, I should say, that are trying to fill that position. Yeah, they, they actually play Darius. So Darius plays outside with the Jaguars. So you know, right now he's he's been playing there, and 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 so that's that's sort of where I think that they like him at. Um, it's funny because last year you're right. You know, he was the slot guy, and they sort of you know had to go away from him being the slot because of injuries and and, and stuff like that. And he, he went outside and 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 performed well. When they signed him, they kept praising him. They kept hyping him up as a slot guy. Um, he had never really done that with the Rams. So I mean, like that that's the thing where, um, you know, they kind of figured him out, and, and I think that that's the situation there. But in the nickel cornerback position, you're right. I mean, that that position is, is sort of open, um, open per se, because Trey Herndon sort of has that role just by default. Um, not to knock Trey too much. You know, obviously he's, he's, he's a good player, but, you know, they want some more out of that position. They want somebody. That's why they drafted a couple guys even late. That's why they drafted guys last year. You know, they have four players, four younger players that could come in and try to push him for that starting role. Right now, that's just not happening. Um, yeah, so, you know, out, outside sort of locked in um, just because of the situation they're in, that they just don't think that they have another guy that can play that position besides Darius. Um at, at least at that level. So, you know, right now, at, if there's a battle, it would be inside at the slot position. And um, right now, Trey Herndon sort of holds that. But, you know, Christian Braswell, who they drafted from Rutgers that you mentioned, they they drafted Eric Hallett from, I think, Pitt. Um, you know, so there's a couple guys on the team that, you know, has showed out and and they're, they're, they're going to see if maybe they can fit them in somewhere. But for now, you know, that's sort of where they're at. I hear you there. Now, mm-hmm. As far as the defense, of course, we talked about the secondary. We talked about the, you know, the guys up front. You know, we didn't talk Trayvon Walker, which, you know, usually that would be a part of talking Jacksonville. But, you know, he's still in his maturation stage, still trying to figure it out, those different things. The linebacker spot, you have Olaquan, and then you have kind of a rotating door of Mm -hmm. the people beside him. I would say, you know, you have two second-year guys that they drafted last year. You have Devin Lloyd and uh, Chad uh, Muma. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that are there, and they both played a little bit there. So at that position, there's probably still a battle going on. Uh, so I mean, how's it shaping up in that position? It, it, it looks like Devin sort of secured it so far. Um, Chad, you know, did a good job last season coming in and and sort of giving Devin a breather because Devin really needed it. And he'll admit that. That's not even being rude to him. You know, he 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 said you know last year was sort of a down year for him. It, the rookie wall was hit. I mean, it is what it is. And and so he took it upon himself this year to sort of get back to basics, make sure to reset himself, not take too much of a look at social media, things like that. Um, and I think that right now he's really focused. He looks fantastic, in my opinion, coming out of uh, this this year's training camp. He's just looked like he knows where he's going, and that was an issue last year. He just sometimes didn't know exactly where to go. Um, he looks like he's he's able to you know get after it in the run game. Got a couple tackles for loss. Um, got a couple sacks. You know, um, well, sack, quote unquote sacks against the against the redshirted quarterback. So you know, I, I think right now uh, Devin's got that position secured. Um, you know, obviously Foyer on the other side, and then 
um, Ch- Chad Muma, you know, he's come in and, and given Foyer some breathers because I think there's, there might be some sort of um, either an issue or, you know, veterans day off a couple days in a row for him. Um, so, you know, Chad's been able to come in and actually, you know, do a good job, I guess, there. I haven't noticed him too much, but, you know, Devin definitely I've noticed, and, and I think that he's ready to take that next step. You know, there's a reason why they drafted him in the first round, and I think that uh, we're starting to see it a little bit. And, you know, obviously all that, none of this matters until the games really start. That's true. That's true. I, I definitely wondered about that because I noticed he was playing, yeah. playing, and then all of a sudden Muma came in, and I was like, hold on, what happened here? <laughs> but, you know, now it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, definitely the rookie wall is a real thing, people. Okay, we're mm-hmm. going to take a quick uh, break. We're going to come back and do a little bit of camp observations, and then we're going to have the game. But, hey, we got to take a quick break. We got to pay these bills on Tour AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. You ever miss your mom's home-cooked meals? Well, you're not always able to get to those, but you are able to get to HNT's Home Cooking. Established in 2005, Patty Palin and her staff go out six days a week to create some of the best home style meals you can taste and at a fair price. So if you're in Nashville and you like chicken dressings, green beans, macaroni and cheese, and other things, stop by HNT's Home Cooking. Their address is 2264 Murfreesboro Pike. Nashville, Tennessee, 37217. And they are open Monday through Thursday and Sunday, 11 to 6, 30. And Friday, 11 to 7. And if you want to order online, of course, the option is available as well at hthomecooking.com. Or you can call 615-367-0049. H&T's Home Cooking. Food for yourself. That commercial makes me hungry every time I listen to it. <laughs> I'm starving. <laughs> oh, man. Next time you're in town, man, uh, I, I, I'll uh, see if we can roll out there, man. I'll take you up on that for sure, man. I, I love finding yeah. new food places. You know, <laughs> traveling around after last season, it, uh, it enlightened me to different different ty- types of food. So I'm ready. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, of course, uh, we, we, you know, we talked about the offense and defense, but we just want to talk about the overall Jacksonville Jaguars camp. They're kind of overall. What are some of the, the, the things that kind of stand out or the players that are kind of stand out offensively mm-hmm. right now? You know, kind of, you know, different from, you know, the usual suspects. Yeah, just uh, just guys that are sort of under the radar. One of my guys, and I say my guys, I'm just saying a guy that I've sort of hyped up over the last few days is, is Garrett Prince, the tight end. Um, you know, they they lost uh, Dan Arnold. They lost Chris Manhurt, so they needed guys to come in and be able to take over that role. And um, Garrett's done a great job. He was with them on the practice squad last all last season. Didn't make the final roster, but he made the practice squad. Um, did a great job of taking, you know, initiative, learning on the scout team. You know, he didn't get that many reps. Now he got a ton of reps uh, during OTAs with, with Evan out and with Brenton coming in as a rookie. Um, you know, Garrett was pretty much the guy, him and 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 Luke Farrell. So, you know, it's an interesting um, dynamic to see him sort of take that next step. And, and, and I think that that's uh, something to look forward to moving forward. I, I really do think that he's going to be a guy that can actually come in and actually um, help, help this offense even more. Not that they should need too much help, but yeah, you know, um, 
other guys standing out on offense, you know, I talk about Jamal Agnew. He's sort of a guy I think is sort of under the radar. You know, he's not somebody you're going to talk about in terms of the big threes, A. Jones, Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley. But you got Jamal Agnew back there. He's shifty. He's quick. He's fast. He's he's a guy who um, last season was in was honestly without Jamal Agnew last season, they wouldn't have been in the playoffs. They wouldn't have won as many games as they did because he really set them up as far as his punt return ability, his kick return ability. Um, he really gave them a chance to win um, at any point. So, you know, he's a guy who's coming into his uh, third year, I believe now with the team and um, only really his fourth season playing receiver, but he's looked crisp. He's looked good. And, and um, I think that those are two guys I would have to point out as, as those who have stood out really. Yeah, it'd be amazing if they actually change his number from a defensive back number one day. But no, we'll see yeah. what happens there. <laughs> I think it's staying. Hey, yeah, that that thirty nine is so ugly. I I don't know. I'll have to talk to him about that. See see what we can do. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's some things that actually kind of offensively kind of uh, disappointed you, or you kind of have haven't lived up to your expectations? Um, something not necessarily lived up to expectations. It's more so didn't. I didn't really know what to think and seeing it, I still don't know. It's the offensive line. I, I think there's a lot of issues here where you got a rookie right tackle who's been out a couple of days uh, with a shoulder shoulder injury. They're, they're calling it. He's out there, but you know, he's not actually participating a lot. Um, and then you have the left guard, Ben Barch, who's on PUP. Tyler Shatley was out today. Um, so, you know, that guard position is kind of weird. You got Cam Robinson, who's going to serve his four-game suspension to start the season. Walker Little is now going to be the starting left tackle for a couple games. Um, so, you know, it's just a weird situation where I, I, I just I, – I, I'm a little concerned that they're going to start off a little bit rusty because they're not going to have played as a cohesive unit for too long. Um, and then all of a sudden they're going to have to switch. So, you know, after week four and Cam Robinson's starting to come back, um, you know, they've already been trying Walker Little at left guard. So, you know, he could come in and have to play left guard, Cam Robinson play left tackle. And how is that dynamic going to work? So, you know, right now it's 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 a little confusing. I think that that's the most uh, concern I have for the Jaguars offense right now. All right. Defensively, of course, we spoke mm -hmm. about Tyson Campbell. We talked about Josh Allen. But what's mm -hmm. a player that's kind of, uh, you know, that – kind of less heralded that's kind of stepping up and, and doing a few things and, and, you know, might make the team or, or make a difference. Yeah. Um, you know, we talk about Devin Lloyd. I, I think he will make a big difference, but you know, a guy under the radar or somebody who um, will make the team for sure. But, you know, I don't know how much he's going to play Antonio Johnson, their fifth round pick um, every day at practice. I'm like, how did this guy fall to the fifth round? You know, I remember before the draft, I thought he was going to be a second round pick um, out of Texas A&M and, and, you know, he, he's, definitely proved to be you know he's probably the most he's definitely the most physically gifted it lo looks like the most physically gifted safety or, or or defensive back on the team just long guy you know filled out nice it just looks like he's ready to go you know if you if you told me he was going to start week one i'd be like oh, okay that's that's interesting um that's the type of player he's been so far um heath farwell the special teams coordinator has talked about him too and uh he's talked about how he stood out as a rookie and and you know for for those guys um, you know, obviously making the team starts on special teams been, and he's done a lot, obviously on defense too. He's been able to play in the slot a little bit, not, not the slot you would think of more of like a big slot safety kind of guy and, and, and play in the box as well. That, that Rayshon Jenkins role. Um, but yeah, he's a guy that's definitely stood out. The other rookie, Eric Hallett, he's playing, 
he's actually playing both safety and corner. So, you know, at, at this point, that versatility has shown out a little bit for me. And, um, yeah, I think that those are two guys that really have proven – uh, to me, at least, that you know they deserve to be on the team, and I'm interested to see where their you know career trajectory goes. Now, as far as uh, the flip side again, um, mm-hmm. somebody that either either disappointing or kind of uh, you don't know what to make of that you're seeing defensively. Yeah, I mean that this one's easy. The the pass rush in general. I mean Tr- Trayvon Walker um, hasn't necessarily stood out too too much thus far in camp, but I, I think he'll be fine. Josh Allen looks good. And then after that, it's like, I, I don't know. I mean, Dewan Smoot's coming back, um, off of that Achilles injury storm PUP probably won't see him until October. Um, you know, after the first six weeks of the season, I, I really do think that he'll start the season on PUP. Um, and then you lost Arden key to the Titans, you know, the man who built up this culture, <laughs> at least from his perspective. Um, you know, he 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 was a good player though for for them. He was the guy who got the the, the second most pressures among all the all the defensive players last season for them. Uh, got a few sacks, um, and and they're struggling to replace him, in my opinion. Caleb on Chase on supposed to be the next guy up, um, but really, I I just I personally have not seen it um, out of him in training camp. I haven't seen it. I, I I've seen him get mauled a few times i've seen maybe a couple pressures that he's put on you know um but but right now i i just really feel um you know if i were them i would be worried about that third pass rusher which you know if you watch this game it's not just about the first two guys this thing has to be coming in waves so um it's it's going to be a big concern and you know if a guy goes down what are they going to do yeah it's definitely going to be interesting uh definitely uh I know you're going to be keeping your eyes and ears uh, open, definitely mm-hmm. watching the Jacksonville Jaguars camp and all this going on. But, of course, like every episode, we do finish up with a game. we got five questions, two answers, and one choice. Could be football, could be music, could be anything else. Are you ready? I think so. All right. First question, Fred Taylor or Maurice Jones-Drew, you need one game to win. Which tailback or running back are you taking? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you started me off with a with a hard one. Um, uh, I'll try to be faster. I'll say Fred Taylor. I, I, I love I love MJD. Um, I grew up in Jacksonville, so watching MJD was you know he was my running back or whatever you want to say um, for the Jaguars at that point. But um, Fred Taylor is just you know, he's special. He should be a Hall of Famer. There we have it. All right, now we're gonna talk DJ Khaled now. Okay. We got two songs. Another one. I'm so hood, or we got wild thoughts. You got one song. Which one are you taking that you know you you listen to one or the other? What was the first one you said again? I'm so hood. Oh, I gotta go. I'm so hood. I think that that's sort of it's more of a classic. I think now at this point, it's been so long since it came out. Um, I used to listen to that all the time back in the day. So I'm going to go with I'm So Hood. I, I like Wild Thoughts, too. That that one's good, but, you know, I'm So Hood. All right, there you go. You're not going to go with the exclusive Rihanna singing. Probably the last now, appearance that, we'll see of her singing a real song. <laughs> probably. Singing a new song, it, I should say. It's looking, it's looking like it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, the next one. Uh, you have to cheer for one team. Are you cheering mm-hmm. for Tennessee or Indian, Indianapolis? Oof. I don't really have as much stake in this, but I, I'll get cruci- crucified by the Jaguar fan base if I say Tennessee. So I'm gonna have to go with Indy. You know, Peyton Manning, <laughs> Andrew Luck, those kind of guys. Absolutely, I'll go with Indy. And, and, I'll, and I'll say this: I, I covered um, 
Anthony Richardson at Florida for a couple of years. That guy is amazing, an amazing person. So if I had to choose one, it would be them because of him. Okay. All right. Now I'm going to mention two uh, Florida rappers, Pitbull okay. or Flo Rida. Which one? Uh, you have to pick one of them, and you're taking a four-hour ride. Which one are you listening to? I can't pass. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. no, I'm just kidding. I'll I'll pick a I'll pick Pitbull. I'm not I'm not a huge fan of either one. Not gonna lie. Um, but Pitbull probably Flow Ride. I just I feel like I've heard too much of him at times. Um, but uh, but yeah, Pitbull. I feel like Flow Ride is all over the. He does a, a concert everywhere he can. It seems like he'll just turn up somewhere. So uh, Pitbull, I'll choose him. So remember that, people. You know, you might go to your local bar in Florida, and Flo Rida might just magically appear. <laughs> no, for real. Like actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who's more likely to repeat their career year, Evan Ingram or Christian Kirk? Ooh. Ah man. If I had to choose, that one's tough too. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Christian. If only because I think there's not going to be as many balls being able to pass to Evan as there will be Christian with with Calvin taking some attention away from him. I think that Christian will be able to have, you know, even better of a season potentially than than he did last year. So Christian. All right, that's five questions, two answers, and one choice. You're off the hot seat, man, and that's the end <laughs> of the show. Now I want to thank you for coming on. I uh, want to give the, the floor to you. Of course, tell everyone where they can find you on social media and what all you're working on. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me on every time. It's it's always a great time. So uh, anytime you want me to be on, I, I can be there pretty much. Um, but yeah, you know, on, on Twitter or whatever you want to call it these days, at Demetrius82, um, you know, I'm on the other social media platforms but not really so i won't shout those out um <laughs> what i'm working on though is is you know on, on jacksonville.com um you know it's 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 going to be today I, I i wrote up you know calvin ridley and 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 his relationship with tyson campbell and how that battle sort of going um, i'm going to be taking a deeper dive into devin lloyd's career i really want to get um, a feature done on Yasir Abdullah, who um, hasn't stood out necessarily so far as a pass rusher, but you know he's a guy that they love, and he used to work with Elvis Dumerville, and, and he was close with his uh, late nephew. So, you know, he, he's an interesting story coming out of coming out of Louisville. So, um, you know, that's something that I'll probably be working on. But you know, every day during during Jaguars training camp, I'll have stories up. So, you know, if you're interested in the Jaguars, go to Jacksonville.com. There we have it. There we have it. Uh, of course, you all know me. I'm the host of the show, Mike Patton. You can find me on Twitter at Mike Patton 82 That's M-I-K-E-P-A-T-T-O-N-82. You can find me on Instagram at the, that's T-H-A, not T-H-E, underscore general, underscore M-P. And, of course, you can find Torn the AFC South on all your listening platforms and here on YouTube as well. Hello, everybody. You can see us on YouTube, I should say. Uh, but, you know, go ahead, like, subscribe, share, comment, whatever. Hey, just support. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Touring the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton.